chapter two part two of smoke blue by jack london this librivox recording is in the public domain the river which was a succession of rapids was here deflected toward the right bank by a rocky reef the whole body of water rushing crookedly into the narrow passage accelerated its speed frightfully and was upflung into huge waves white and wrathful this was the dread mane of the white horse and here an even heavier toll of dead had been exacted on one side of the mane was a corkscrew curl over and suck under and on the opposite side was the big whirlpool to go through the mane itself must be ridden this plum rips the strings out of the box shorty concluded as they watched a boat took the head of the rapids above it was a large boat fully thirty feet long laden with several tons of outfit and handled by six men before it reached the main it was plunging and leaping at times almost hidden by the foam and spray shorty shot a slow sidelong glance at kit and said she's fair smoking and she hasn't hit the worst they've hauled the oars in there she takes it now god she's gone no there she is big as the boat was it had been buried from sight in the flying smother between crests the next moment in the thick of the main the boat leaped up a crest and into view to kit's amazement he saw the whole long bottom clearly outlined the boat for the fraction of an instant was in the air the men sitting idly in their places all save one in the stern who stood at the steering sweep then came the downward plunge into the trough and a second disappearance three times the boat leaped and buried itself then those on the bank saw its nose take the whirlpool as it slipped off the main the steersman vainly opposing with his full weight on the steering gear surrendered to the whirlpool and helped the boat to take the circle three times it went around each time so close to the rocks on which kit and shorty stood that either could have leaped on board the steersman a man with a reddish beard of recent growth waved his hand to them the only way out of the whirlpool was by the main and on the third round the boat entered the main obliquely at its upper end possibly out of fear of the draw of the whirlpool the steersman did not attempt to straighten out quickly enough when he did it was too late alternately in the air and buried the boat angled the main and was sucked into and down through the stiff wall of the corkscrew on the opposite side of the river a hundred feet below boxes and bales began to float up then appeared the bottom of the boat and the scattered heads of six men two managed to make the bank in the eddy below the others were drawn under and the general flotsam was lost to view borne on by the swift current around the bend there was a long minute of silence shorty was the first to speak come on he said we might as well tackle it my feet'll get cold if i stay here any longer we'll smoke some kit grinned at him and you'll sure earn your name was the rejoinder shorty turned to their employers comin he queried perhaps the roar of the water prevented them from hearing the invitation shorty and kit tramped back through a foot of snow to the head of the rapids and cast off the boat kit was divided between two impressions one of the calibre of his comrade which served as a spur to him the other likewise a spur 
was the knowledge that old isaac blue and all the other blues had done things like this in their westward march of empire what they had done he could do it was the meat the strong meat and he knew as never before that it required strong men to eat such meat you've sure got to keep the top of the ridge shorty shouted at him the plug of tobacco lifting to his mouth as the boat quickened in the quickening current and took the head of the rapids kidd nodded swayed his strength and weight tentatively on the steering gear and headed the boat for the plunge several minutes later half swamped and lying against the bank in the eddy below the white horse shorty spat out a mouthful of tobacco juice and shook kit's hand meat meat shorty chanted we eat it raw we eat it alive at the top of the bank they met breck his wife stood at a little distance kit shook his hand i'm afraid your boat can't make it he said it is smaller than ours and a bit cranky the man pulled out a row of bills i'll give you each a hundred if you run it through kit looked out and up the tossing mane of the white horse a long gray twilight was falling it was turning colder and the landscape seemed taking on a savage bleakness it ain't that shorty was saying we don't want your money wouldn't touch it nohow but my partner is the real meat with boats and when he says yourn ain't safe i reckon he knows what he's talkin about kit nodded affirmation and chanced to glance at mrs breck her eyes were fixed upon him and he knew that if ever he had seen prayer in a woman's eyes he was seeing it then shorty followed his gaze and saw what he saw they looked at each other in confusion and did not speak moved by the common impulse they nodded to each other and turned to the trail that led to the head of the rapids they had not gone a hundred yards when they met stein and sprague coming down where are you going the latter demanded to fetch that other boat through shorty answered no you're not it's getting dark you two are going to pitch camp so huge was kit's disgust that he forbore to speak he's got his wife with him shorty said that's his lookout stein contributed and smoke's and mine was shorty's retort i forbid you sprague said harshly smoke if you go another step i'll discharge you and you too shorty stein added and a hell of a pickle you'll be in with us fired shorty replied how'll you get your blame boat to dawson who'll serve you coffee in your blankets and manicure your fingernails come on smoke they don't dast fire us besides we've got agreements if they fire us they've got to divvy up grub to last us through the winter barely had they shoved breck's boat out from the bank and caught the first rough water when the waves began to lap aboard they were small waves but it was an earnest of what was to come shorty cast back a quizzical glance as he gnawed at his inevitable plug and kit felt a strange rush of warmth at his heart for this man who couldn't swim and who couldn't back out the rapids grew stiffer and the spray began to fly in the gathering darkness kit glimpsed the main and the crooked fling of the current into it he worked into this crooked current and felt a glow of satisfaction as the boat hit the head of the main squarely in the middle after that in the smother leaping and burying and swamping he had no clear impression of anything save that he swung his weight on the steering oar and wished his uncle were there to see they emerged breathless wet through the boat filled with water almost to the gunwale 
lighter pieces of baggage and outfit were floating inside the boat a few careful strokes on shorty's part worked the boat into the draw of the eddy and the eddy did the rest till the boat softly touched the bank looking down from above was mrs breck her prayer had been answered and the tears were streaming down her cheeks you boys have simply got to take the money breck called down to them shorty stood up slipped and sat down in the water while the boat dipped one gunwale under and righted again damn the money said shorty fouch out that whisky now that it's over i'm getting cold feet and i'm sure likely to have a chill in the morning as usual they were among the last of the boats to start breck despite his boating inefficiency and with only his wife and nephew for crew had broken camp loaded his boat and pulled out at the first streak of day but there was no hurrying stein and sprague who seemed incapable of realizing that the freeze-up might come at any time they malingered got in the way delayed and doubled the work of kit and shorty i'm sure losing my respect for god seein as he must a made them two mistakes in human form was the latter's blasphemous way of expressing his disgust well you're the real goods at any rate kit grinned back at him it makes me respect god the more just to look at you he was sure goin some eh was shorty's fashion of overcoming the embarrassment of the compliment the trail by water crossed lake labarge here was no fast current but a tideless stretch of forty miles which must be rowed unless a fair wind blew but the time for fair wind was past and an icy gale blew in their teeth out of the north this made a rough sea against which it was almost impossible to pull the boat added to their troubles was driving snow also the freezing of the water on their oar blades kept one man occupied in chopping it off with a hatchet compelled to take their turn at the oars sprague and stein patently loafed kit had learned how to throw his weight on an oar but he noted that his employers made a seeming of throwing their weights and that they dipped their oars at a cheating angle at the end of three hours sprague pulled his oar in and said they would run back into the mouth of the river for shelter stein seconded him and the several hard-won miles were lost a second day and a third the same fruitless attempt was made in the river mouth the continually arriving boats from whitehorse made a flotilla of over two hundred each day forty or fifty arrived and only two or three won to the northwest shore of the lake and did not come back ice was now forming in the eddies and connecting from eddy to eddy in thin lines around the points the freeze-up was very imminent we could make it if they had the soles of clams kit told shorty as they dried their moccasins by the fire on the evening of the third day we could have made it to-day if they hadn't turned back another hour's work would have fetched that west shore they're they're babes in the woods sure shorty agreed he turned his moccasin to the flame and debated a moment look here smoke it's hundreds of miles to dawson if, if we don't want to freeze in here we've got to do something what do you say kid looked at him and waited we've got the immortal cinch on them two babes shorty expounded they can give orders and shed mazuma but as you say they're plumb babes if we're going to dawson we got to take charge of this here outfit they looked at each other it's a go said kit as his hand went out in ratification 
in the morning long before daylight shorty issued his call come on he roared tumble out you sleepers here's your coffee kick into it we're going to make a start grumbling and complaining stein and sprague were forced to get under way two hours earlier than ever before if anything the gale was stiffer and in a short time every man's face was iced up while the oars were heavy with ice three hours they struggled and four one man steering one chopping ice two toiling at the oars and each taking his various turns the north-west shore loomed nearer and nearer the gale blew ever harder and at last sprague pulled in his oar in token of surrender shorty sprang to it though his relief had only begun chop ice he said handing sprague the hatchet but what's the use the other whined we can't make it we're going to turn back we're going on said shorty chop ice and when you feel better you can spell me it was heart-breaking toil but they gained the shore only to find it composed of surge-beaten rocks and cliffs with no place to land i told you so sprague whimpered you never peeped shorty answered we're going back nobody spoke and kit held the boat into the seas as they skirted the forbidding shore sometimes they gained no more than a foot to the stroke and there were times when two or three strokes no more than enabled them to hold their own he did his best to hearten the two weaklings he pointed out that the boats which had won to this shore had never come back perforce he argued they had found a shelter somewhere ahead another hour they laboured and a second if you fellows ud put into your ours some of that coffee you swig in your blankets we'd make it was shorty's encouragement you're just goin' through the motions and not pullin' a pound a few minutes later sprague drew in his oar i'm finished he said and there were tears in his voice so are the rest of us kid answered himself ready to cry or to commit murder so great was his exhaustion but we're going on just the same we're going back turn the boat around shorty if he won't pull take that oar yourself kit commanded sure was the answer he can chop ice but sprague refused to give over the oar stein had ceased rowing and the boat was drifting backward turn around smoke sprague ordered and kid who never in his life had cursed any man astonished himself i'll see you in hell first he replied take hold of that oar and pull it is in moments of exhaustion that men lose all their reserves of civilization and such a moment had come each man had reached the breaking point sprague jerked off a mitten drew his revolver and turned it on his steersman this was a new experience to kit he never had a gun presented at him in his life and now to his surprise it seemed to mean nothing at all it was the most natural thing in the world if you don't put that gun up he said i'll take it away and wrap you over the knuckles with it if you don't turn the boat around i'll shoot you sprague threatened then shorty took a hand he ceased chopping ice and stood up behind sprague go on and shoot said shorty wiggling the hatchet i'm just aching for a chance to brain you go on and start the festivities this is mutiny stein broke in you were engaged to obey orders shorty turned on him oh you'll get yours as soon as i finish with your partner you little hog wallop and snooper you sprague kit said i'll give you just thirty seconds to put away that gun and get that oar out sprague hesitated gave a short hysterical laugh put the revolver away and bent his back to the work for two hours more inch by inch they fought their way along the edge 
of the foaming rocks until kit feared he had made a mistake and then when on the verge of himself turning back they came abreast of a narrow opening not twenty feet wide which led into a land-locked enclosure where the fiercest gusts scarcely flawed the surface it was the haven gained by the boats of previous days they landed on a shelving beach and the two employers lay in collapse in the boat while kit and shorty pitched the tent built a fire and started the cooking what's a hog walloping snooper shorty kit asked blamed if i know was the answer but he's one just the same the gale which had been dying quickly ceased at nightfall and it came on clear and cold a cup of coffee set aside to cool and forgotten a few minutes later was found coated with half an inch of ice at eight o'clock when sprague and stein already rolled in their blankets were sleeping the sleep of exhaustion kit came back from a look at the boat it's the freeze up shorty he announced there's a skin of ice over the whole pond already what are you going to do there's only one thing the lake of course freezes first the rapid current of the river may keep it open for days this time to-morrow any boat caught in lake labarge remains there until next year you mean we got to get out to-night now kit nodded tumble out you sleepers was shorty's answer couched in a roar as he began casting off the guy ropes of the tent the other two awoke groaning with the pain of stiffened muscles and the pain of rousing from the sleep of exhaustion what time is it stein asked half past eight it's dark yet was the objection shorty jerked out a couple of guy ropes and the tent began to sag it's not morning he said it's evening come on the lake's freezing we got to get across stein sat up his face bitter and wrathful let it freeze we're not going to stir all right said shorty we're going on with the boat you were engaged to take your outfit to dawson shorty caught him up well we're taking it ain't we he punctuated his query by bringing half the tent down on top of them they broke their way through the thin ice in the little harbour and came out on the lake where the water heavy and glassy froze on their oars with every stroke the water soon became like mush clogging the stroke of the oars and freezing in the air even as it dripped later the surface began to form a skin and the boat proceeded slower and slower often afterwards when kit tried to remember that night and failed to bring up aught but nightmare recollections he wondered what must have been the sufferings of stein and sprague his one impression of himself was that he struggled through biting frost and intolerable exertion for a thousand years more or less morning found them stationary stein complained of frosted fingers and sprague of his nose while the pain in kit's cheeks and nose told him that he too had been touched with each accretion of daylight they could see farther and as far as they could see was icy surface the water of the lake was gone a hundred yards away was the shore of the north end shorty insisted that it was the opening of the river and that he could see water he and kit alone were able to work and with their oars they broke the ice and forced the boat along and at the last gasp of their strength they made the suck of the rapid river one look back showed them several boats which had fought through the night and were hopelessly frozen in then they whirled around a bend in a current running six miles an hour day by day they floated down the swift river and day by day the shore ice extended farther out when they made camp at nightfall they chopped a space in the ice in which to lay the boat and carried the camp outfit hundreds of feet to shore in the morning they chopped the boat out through the new ice and caught the current shorty set up the sheet-iron stove in the boat and over this stein and sprague hung through the long drifting hours 
they had surrendered no longer gave orders and their one desire was to gain dawson shorty pessimistic indefatigable and joyous at frequent intervals roared out the three lines of the first four line stanza of a song he had forgotten the colder it got the oftener he sang like argus of the ancient times we leave this modern greece tum 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 to shear the golden fleece as they passed the mouths of the hutalinqua and the big and little salmon they found these streams throwing mush ice into the main yukon this gathered about the boat and attached itself and at night they found themselves compelled to chop the boat out of the current in the morning they chopped the boat back into the current the last night ashore was spent between the mouths of the white river and the stewart at daylight they found the yukon half a mile wide running white from ice-rimmed bank to ice-rimmed bank shorty cursed the universe with less geniality than usual and looked at kit we'll be the last boat this year to make dawson kit said but they ain't no water smoke then we'll ride the ice down come on futilely protesting sprague and stein were bundled on board for half an hour with axes kit and shorty struggled to cut away into the swift but solid stream when they did succeed in clearing the shore ice the floating ice forced the boat along the edge for a hundred yards tearing away half of one gunwale and making a partial wreck of it then at the lower end of the bend they caught the current that flung off shore they proceeded to work farther toward the middle the stream was no longer composed of mush ice but of hard cakes in between the cakes only was mush ice that froze solidly as they looked at it shoving with the oars against the cakes sometimes climbing out on the cakes in order to force the boat along after an hour they gained the middle five minutes after they ceased their exertions the boat was frozen in the whole river was coagulating as it ran cake froze to cake until at last the boat was the centre of a cake seventy-five feet in diameter sometimes they floated sideways sometimes stern first while gravity tore asunder the forming fetters in the moving mass only to be manacled by faster forming ones while the hours passed shorty stoked the stove cooked meals and chanted his war song night came and after many efforts they gave up the attempt to force the boat to shore and through the darkness they swept helplessly onward what if we pass dawson shorty queried we'll walk back kid answered if we're not crushed in a jam the sky was clear and in the light of the cold leaping stars they caught occasional glimpses of the loom of mountains on either hand at eleven o'clock from below came a dull grinding roar their speed began to diminish and cakes of ice to upend and crash and smash about them the river was jamming one cake forced upward slid across their cake and carried one side of the boat away it did not sink for its own cake still aboard but in a whirl they saw dark water show for an instant within a foot of them then all movement ceased at the end of half an hour the whole river picked itself up and began to move this continued for an hour when again it was brought to rest by a jam once again it started running swiftly and savagely with a great grinding and they saw lights ashore and went abreast gravity and the yukon surrendered and the river ceased for six months on the shore at dawson curious ones gathered to watch the river freeze heard from out of the darkness the war song of shorty like argus of the ancient times we leave this modern greece ta tum ta tum ta tum ta tum to shear the golden fleece for three days kid and shorty laboured carrying the ton and a half of outfit from the middle of the river to the log cabin stein and sprague had bought on the hill overlooking dawson this work finished in the warm cabin as twilight was falling sprague motioned to kit to him outside the thermometer registered sixty-five below zero your full month isn't up smoke sprague said but here it is in full i wish you luck how about the agreement kid asked you know there's a famine here 
a man can't get work in the mines even unless he has his own grub you agreed i know of no agreement sprague interrupted to you stein we engaged you by the month there's your pay will you sign the receipt kit's hands clenched and for the moment he saw red both men shrank away from him he had never struck a man in anger in his life and he felt so certain of his ability to thrash sprague that he could not bring himself to do it shorty saw his trouble and interposed look here smoke i ain't travelling no more with a ornery outfit like this right here's where i sure jump it you and me stick together savvy now you take your blankets and hike down to the elkhorn wait for me i'll settle up collect what's comin and give them what's comin i ain't no good on the water but my feet's on terry fermy now and i'm sure goin to make smoke half an hour afterwards shorty appeared at the elkhorn from his bleeding knuckles and the skin off one cheek it was evident that he had given stein and sprague what was coming you ought to see that cabin he chuckled as he stood at the bar rough house ain't no name for it dollars to doughnuts nary one of em shows up on the street for a week and now it's all figured out for you and me grubs a dollar and a half a pound they ain't no work for wages without you have your own grub moose meat's sellin for two dollars a pound and they ain't none we got enough money for a month's grub and ammunition and we hike up the klondike to the back country if they ain't no moose we go and live with the indians but if we ain't got five thousand pounds of meat in it six weeks from now i'll i'll sure go back and apologize to our bosses is it a go kit's hand went out and they shook then he faltered i don't know anything about hunting he said shorty lifted his glass but you're a sure meat-eater and i'll learn you End of chapter 2, part 2